Welcome. In midwinter here in England, the nights can begin early. It can be dark as early as four o'clock in the afternoon. Now, we have some relatives who live in a town but at the end of a street that has no street lighting. We went when it was still day, but when we left, it was already night. Of course, we couldn't see the way. We couldn't see the way back to our car. A quick search round the house soon produced the answer, some torches. But we didn't put our torches as we left like car headlights looking into the distance. No, we pointed our torches down at our feet. Why was that? Because we needed to see where to walk. We needed to see that we were going along the correct path. We needed to see that there was nothing that we would trip over or fall over as we went. Today we're looking at a section of Psalm 119 which begins with a verse which is perhaps the most famous in the entire psalm. Psalm 119 verse 105 reads, Thy word, God's word, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. My name's Keith Simons. I'm a Bible teacher from England. I present these talks, How to Understand the King James Bible. And as we do so, we look through the book of Psalms, a different section each time. Today, as I say, we're looking at Psalm 119, the longest psalm, the eight verses, beginning with verse 105. It's headed none in the King James Bible. That's not the English word none. That's the name of one of the Hebrew letters, the Hebrew letter which corresponds to our letter N. And the reason it's headed that is that in the Hebrew language, each of these eight verses begins with the letter none. So verse 105, and as we've already seen, this passage, like almost the whole of this great psalm, is a prayer. We're speaking to God and we're saying to him, Thy word, God's word, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Of course, it's not talking about a physical journey like us walking away from our relative's house. It's a word picture. It's a picture for our lives and the way we, we walk, as it were, we go through our lives. How are we going to know the right way to go? How are we going to stay on that straight and narrow path that Jesus spoke about? How are we going to know that we're not tripping over hazards and we're not falling into unnecessary dangers? How can we stay safe? on our journey through life. Well, the author of our psalm has found a guide to it. It is the word of God, the word of God, which teaches us 
how to live. And because it's teaching us how God wants us to live, it is like a lamp that shines away to show us where we should place our feet, or like a light showing us the correct path to go along. So often the Bible speaks of things like the knowledge of God as a lamp or as a light. And light is something wonderful. In the darkness, it's essential. Oh, how dark this world sometimes seems around us. How many dangers and troubles and hazards. The danger of falling away from God, the danger of falling into sin and wrong behaviour, of being tempted to do the wrong things. It seems almost automatic, instinctive, to be selfish, to be greedy, to do the things that God does not approve of. Oh God, then let me understand your word, that I might truly know what I should do, that I may walk step by step on this journey we call our lives. And as I walk through my life, I might be led and guided by your word, the word that you've given to us in your Bible. Verse 106, the author of our psalm declares, I have sworn and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I have sworn. In modern English, the word swear is not a pleasant word. It refers to someone using bad and offensive language. That's obviously not the meaning here, although it derives from the same source. However, if you go to a court, you're required to swear an oath. That's the same word as our sworn here. What it means is you're required to make a serious promise. In England, if, if I had to be a witness in a court, I would be handed a copy of the Bible and asked to swear before God that I was speaking the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Why does do the laws of England require me to do that? Well, it's to make it clear to me that if I were to lie in court, I would not just be offending the legal system and the judge, but I would be offending God himself. I am making a promise in court to speak the truth. That's what it means to swear in this passage. I have sworn, I have made a serious promise before God and I will perform it, says the author of the psalm. I, I'm not like those people who make promises and don't keep them. No, this matters to me. This is important to me. I'm going to be very, very careful with what I do. I am going to keep thy God's righteous judgments. So he's promising to keep God's judgments. Judgments are God's decision, especially God's decision about what is right and wrong. And he declares that he's going to keep God's judgments, obviously obey what God has decided. 
but keeping in the Bible has more of a simple meaning. If you own uh, something precious, then you keep it safe. And he says, when he says, I will keep God's judgments, it means that I consider them precious. I'm going to keep them close to me. I'm going to keep them because they are precious to me. That's what causes me to obey God's law, that I love God's law. He promises, I will keep thy righteous judgments. The word righteous means that God's judgments are right. Yes, they're always true. They're always right. What we decide about what is right and wrong is often false. But what God has decided about what is right and wrong is always right. Eve saw the fruit of the tree in the garden and it looked good to her. It looked good to eat. A wrong judgment. God declares what we should do and how we should live. A righteous judgment. A judgment that is absolutely right. The author of our psalm says that he's promised to keep God's righteous judgments. How can he promise that? Isn't he going to be tempted sometimes to do the wrong things? Well, he can only keep God's judgments if God gives him the grace to keep those judgments. And he's promised that God enabling him and giving him the strength to do what would be humanly impossible, he is going to act in that strength. He's going to obey the promptings of God to his soul. He's going to live for God. And if or when sometimes he falls astray, sometimes he does wrong things, then he is going to confess that to God who is who delights to forgive his people, all people who truly turn to him and truly seek him. And God will delight to forgive him of that shortcoming. Now, the author of our psalm has shown very mature attitudes here. He's shown that he's living by the light which comes from the word of God. He's showing that he is so so determined to keep God's righteous judgments that he's made a serious promise to do so. But he's not free from trouble. Let's see his attitude towards trouble and towards enemies who cause trouble for him, because we constantly get that through life. Maybe not every day. Maybe sometimes we have pleasant periods when we are free of of attacks by cruel enemies. But no, always through life, troubles will come and persecution will come for God's people. What is his attitude towards that? Verse 107, I am afflicted very much. Afflicted means that he has troubles and these troubles we discover are great troubles. They're troubles that places life in danger. We know that because he prays next, quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word, quicken me. Quicken means to bring life to the dead. O God, I live by your life. 
I perform the promises that I've made to you by your grace. I follow the path that you've set out for me by your word. But your life, my life, must come to me from your Holy Spirit. So quicken me, I pray, O Lord, according to thy word. Thy word. God's promise. God's promise to work in the lives of those people who truly choose him and live for him. God, you've given your word, your promise, and I've not forgotten that. Just as I've made my promises, uh, though I am weak, you have made your promise and you are the Lord, the eternal God. You are strong. You are almighty God. God, you can even raise the dead. I believe that. So raise me up from my troubles which I'm suffering. Bring life to me, just as you did at the first when you gave life to me. I need your life each and every day. Just as each day I've got to be performing your righteous judgments, just as each day, every step through life, I depend on your word. So I depend on the power of God's Holy Spirit to bring life to me for every breath that I take. Verse 108. Accept, I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. I beseech thee, I pray, this is my prayer, that you, God, will accept the free will offerings of my mouth. The offerings of my mouth, so the things which I speak with my mouth, and the things which I speak to my with my mouth, I've freely chosen to say, they're like free will offerings, the gifts that I, I don't have to give to God at the temple, but which I choose out of gladness of heart to give. God, accept my praise to you. Accept my worship. Accept my songs of joy. God, accept my promises too, for I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. All these things, God, I offer to you as a free will offering. An offering means a gift. They're, they're what I've chosen to say to you, God, and I've chosen in gladness and willingly to say these things to you. I just desire one thing, so that you will help me to do these things. Teach me thy judgments. Oh, I've already promised to keep your judgments, even the ones I haven't yet learnt. I've promised to keep to what you have decided, O oh God, but I need you to teach me what you've decided so that I can follow it and I can teach it. Verse 109, my soul is continually in my hand. A Hebrew word picture here. His soul means his life, his life, especially his inner life. It's continually in his hand. So it's like something which a man 
carries in his hand. How easy it is for someone to snatch it away from him. How easily he might drop that thing and lose it. His soul, his life, his inner life, his relationship with God. It's in his hand. It's in his hand in that he feels weak. Yet he needs God to work continually, just as a lamp has to continually shine for his feet as he walks. So his soul, here during his life on earth, feels at risk. And if God were not protecting and keeping him, it would be at risk. How can anyone keep up that relationship with God when there are temptations all around? when there are difficulties facing them, when, when they feel it would be easier to lie and to act dishonestly to get out of their troubles than to speak the truth. All those temptations are constantly there. So he turns to the law of God to help him. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The word law translates the Hebrew word Torah, which really means how God has taught us to live. Yes, I am constantly tempted in this life. And my, my inner life seems so weak and so dangerous and so much at risk. But I remember God, how you've taught me that I should live. I dare not forget it. I must be remembering it constantly, just as my troubles are constant. Because as I follow what you've taught me to live, then you will, will quicken me according to your word. You will work in my life. And my soul, which feels in so much danger, will be safe with you. What is this danger he's been talking about? Verse 110, the wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I heard not from thy precepts. A snare, we still use that word in the English language. Uh, a drummer will tell you about his snare drum. It's a drum with wires underneath, and those wires give it its unique sound. A snare in Bible days also meant a sort of wire, wire, a wire trap that springs a net. It's a way of catching birds. So we've got a word picture. Just as a person catches a bird, so there is a hidden trap for me. My enemies are trying to trap me by deceit, by things that I can't see. Yet I heard not from thy precepts. Whatever they did that was wrong, however they tried to deceive and to trick and to trap, I have chosen to go God's way. I heard not, I strayed not. I didn't go into error. The word error comes from the word err. I erred not. I didn't go astray, God, from your precepts. 
Whatever they did, I remembered what the Bible said. The definition we've been giving for precepts is what God visited us to place before us. How precious is the Bible? How precious is what God has taught us from in the Bible? That although there are traps in our way, although there are dangers in our way, if we keep on in the way that the Bible teaches, then our relationship with God will be safe. Though, though our soul feels in so much danger, yet we will be safe in our relationship with God if we trust the word of God. And that is what the author of our psalm had decided to do. Why he can say in verse 111, Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Thy testimonies, the evidence that God has given of his relationship with us. The testimonies in the Old Testament were things like uh, the, the Ten Commandments written on their tablets of stone and placed in the Ark of the Covenant in the most sacred place of the temple as a witness to God's relationship with Israel. And we in the New Testament can look at the evidence that God has given of Jesus' death and resurrection as evidence of how God is working in our lives too. Thy testimonies, these things, the assurance of salvation, God's work in our lives, these things I take as a heritage forever. A heritage, an inheritance. They're mine, they're my possession. They're mine. He could say, I know that God is the God of Israel. We can say, I know that God is my God. I know what Jesus bought for me by his death on the cross. I know the evidence that God has worked in my life too of how I am forgiven. I have a right relationship with God and these things are my inheritance forever. They are the most precious thing that I possess because my relationship with God and the evidence of that is the most precious thing that I possess. And even if my troubles are continual, verse 109, even if I am afflicted very much, 107. This heritage, this inheritance that God's people have is forever. God's testimonies, he adds, are the rejoicing of my heart. Oh, he's glad to be one of God's people. He's glad to see the evidence that the Holy Spirit has placed in his life. He's glad deep within himself. It's not just rejoicing happy songs like a wicked person is happy for a moment. No, this is the rejoicing of his heart deep within him. And although he is continually in trouble and afflicted very much, that rejoicing, it might leave his lips, it might leave his mouth, 
but it doesn't leave his heart because deep within him is the joy of knowing God is his saviour. And so, verse 112, his heart is rejoicing and he adds, I've inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes alway, even unto the end. Oh, if his heart is rejoicing, then he takes the opportunity to incline or direct his heart in the right way. And what is the right way? To perform God's statutes, to do the things that God wants, to obey what God has revealed and recorded for us. He's turned his heart in the right way, the way that God revealed him by God's word, that is a lamp to his feet and a light unto his path. He's going the right way, and the right way is always to carry out what God wants. And then he adds at the end, to perform thy statutes or way, even unto the end. In other words, he's not just going to carry out what God wants, he's going to keep to it. Every step of the way on this journey through life, lit up by the word of God, which shows him every step he should take, he's going to continue that way and continue it even to the end of that path, even to the completion of God's promises to him, even until the time when he takes foot within heaven and the new Jerusalem to be with God always, when he no longer walks through this dark world with, with a lamp to light his way. But no, he is in a full, the full light of God, in the full light of God where he needs no lamp and no light, but the light of God fills completely everything that is around him. When God's word has become where he lives and moves and has his being. Please write to me, my email address, 333kjv at gmail.com. My name is Keith Simons. I'd like to know what part of the world you're in, and if you're in the United States, as most of our listeners are, which state you live in. My email address again, 333 kjv at gmail.com. And now let me read you the eight verses of Psalm 119, beginning with verse 105, the verses that are headed in the King James Bible with the Hebrew letter none. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn, and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to unto thy word. Accept, I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand. 
yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred, erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end.